month two of the Math Might Show. Thanks so much for joining us. This is Shannon from SIS, the number four teachers.org for our recap on our Math Might Show, 303 and 304. For the first four weeks, Number Talks was the focus of a warm-up for our shows. As we move into show 303 and 304, we're really going to switch our focus and introduce Professor Barbel, a math citizen that loves to solve story problems. This really is going to help us warm up our brain. In fact, Professor Barbel really helps students conquer word problems by solving visual models. The goal of visual models which is also known as model drawings, unit bars, tape diagrams, and a lot of other names, is creating a picture really to help students understand word problems. It helps them to go slow, to go fast. And these warm-ups will provide a step-by-step -step visual model process, which will vary slightly depending on the grade level and what type of problem we're working on. We've talked about word problems and visual models in many different blogs and have also have many different resources. You can check them out here. And so it's wonderful to see that all of this is coming to fruition in the warm-ups of these episodes that you can use right in your lesson. If you're an M-Cubed Molding Math Mindset member, remember, you can download these presentations. How great would it be to have your visual models all mapped up, ready to go for your virtual or even your face-to-face -face classroom? Maybe you show the actual show, or maybe you just want to download the Professor Barbel parts with the PowerPoint and alter the numbers of the problems to fit what you're doing. Either way, they're all yours to, fi to file on and use. Our kindergarten focus in 303 is breaking apart numbers to five, and our episode 304 is talking about two parts of equations. The I can statement is I can compose and decompose numbers to five. I can compose and decompose and show two parts of an expression will come up in our second show. The extension activities is called five frame shake and shake those discs. In kindergarten show 303, we're going to be working with the I can statement, I can compose and decompose numbers to five. In our warrant for the show, we're going to be using Professor Barbel in our kindergarten journal template to do a part whole problem. On our math work mat, students will act out the problem with Mrs. Gray creating the quick draw that we've been practicing in previous episodes, but also show it with different modalities by doing a quick model of the 10 frame, showing a number bond, and finally doing the computation. It's important here to notice that the bottom of the page, we did not add the addition sign or the subtraction sign. We want students to go through the process and determine the operation on their own. We're still doing the chunking and reading the problem and creating the sentence form as kids start to understand it. However, it's very scaffolded so that kindergarten students can be successful with this. Then we invite the students into a lesson by looking at two pictures of diamonds in different arrangements. We ask students, what do you notice? What do you wonder? This really helps students activate their understanding of what we're trying to accomplish in the lessons. Students can notice different layouts of the diamonds, see a group of five together, but also see five spread out into three and two. They can wonder why the shapes are laid out that way and create addition sentences like five plus three equals five, or three plus two equals five to math the pictures. We start off the main part of the lesson by using linking cubes for a train activity where we can have a bowl and students can have some cubes in 
in a bowl or behind their back to help them figure out how many cubes are in the bowl. We use the bowl because we don't actually have students in the studio, so we could certainly play the game where the students take a few cubes, hide them behind their back instead. I have three linking cubes in front of me, and there's a total of five. How many are in the bowl? This really helps students to understand the part-part total of five and how many are in the bowl. This helps kids understand the part-part total of decomposing the number of five, seeing it in the algorithm, as well as being able to do it in the number bond. By playing this game, we show that we can create five in multiple ways. If five is the total, maybe we can see two and then three as the other part. Or maybe we can see five with four and one as the other part. You'll hear about how our fictitious students in the show are thinking as they decompose the number five. Towards the end of the show, we play one of my favorite games called Five Frame Shake. This is a fun activity where students put five two-sided counters in a cup. They shake them out and they find out what different combinations of five they can make on their five frame mat. Again, using a number bond and the number sentence to go with it. If you're at home, you can do this with pennies or you even use heads and tails or if you don't have those red, red and yellow counters. The game is also an extension activity so students can play at home with parents or in the classroom in your math with someone station. As we move into show 304, the objective of the students is to take what they've learned in the previous show and apply it. I can compose and decompose numbers and show two parts with an expression. We use Professor Barble as a warm-up very similar to the other problem that we used, but it's about lamps and helping students understand the part-part total, but we also use the components of the kindergarten journal, the quick draw, the 10 frame, a number bond, and even then the computation. And the warm-up of this lesson, we do the numeracy talk by helping kids to set um, two-sided counters and asking them how they see it. How do they know what they see? We're using the total of six here and want kids to be able to see it in an unstructured way where it's not in a 10 frame. They might see a scatter of a dice or domino pattern. Use two-sided counters, red and yellow. We show three and three equaling six, and we also show four counters that are red and two counters that are yellow, where we see this last set that looks kind of like a dice pattern. And then we do another one with one and five. We have students use their numeracy to apply the concept to the part-part total, but also ask them to see what is the same and what is different. All of the pictures equal six, but they're all composed in different ways. In this episode, we play a game called Shake Those Discs, which is really similar to Five Frame Shake, but with more counters. We want students to be able to use the expression and represent the drawing. So if you put seven counters in the cup and shook it, you might get two yellow and five red discs. Can you do the drawing? The students would draw the first two circles and then put a partition to draw the second set of five to show that two and five equal seven. Obviously students use colors, the red and the yellow to show the two parts of the expression, but we also want kids to know how to do that drawing and see how that's created. We go through several examples of shake those discs and we play the round with eight counters. Maybe if I have three red and five yellow, I could write the expression three plus five to match it. We also talk a lot about two expressions that can represent the same amount of counters. If I have three yellow and five red, I could represent it with five red and three yellow. In first grade, we call it a fit flip flop fact because the numbers are really used to change in the different spaces, but the total is the same and the numbers are the same. We want kids to understand the commonalities between part, part, total as they look at it.
We don't always have room for everything we plan on our PowerPoint to be in the final show, and this is one of those times. Members can download the PowerPoint for the show because we talk about different ways that we can make seven with discs. An extension activity for this is they could actually play the game Shake Those Discs like we do. We suggest playing it with nine counters, but the game can really easily be differentiated for students to play. Ultimately, we want students to be able to create expressions to match the discs that they shook out. In first grade in show 303, we're adding tens and ones, and in 304, we're adding two-digit numbers. The I can statement is I can add tens and ones to two-digit numbers, and then in 304, it's I can add two-digit numbers and find matching equations. The extension activity is what did I add, and for the second show, it's four in a row. Professor Barbo kicks off episode 303 for first grade. We start off with a scaffolded journal for the first grade. Obviously, we're presenting this in the second half of the school year. So if students were doing visual models, hopefully they're doing them with both proportional and non-proportional models. In this show, however, we decided to introduce visual models as we might do with students who are seeing them for the first time. We do a part whole missing add-in problem with proportional manipulatives or proportional bars. So you can see the individual units. I think the most important thing here is to get kids to not solve on the visual model. We see that happen often in first grade. It seems like first graders also like to guess, should I add or should I subtract? But we want them to actually look at the model, fill in the information that's needed, put the question mark above the section we're looking at, and then we want them to pay close attention to that visual model bookmark, which outlines the seven steps of the visual model process that we can use in grades two through five. The bookmark breaks down the process to be more developmentally appropriate for first graders to follow the steps as they're going through it with their teacher. We go through checking and chunking, making sure that we have these pieces of information in the word problem, and we check off those chunks by putting the information in the visual model before we jump to computing and solving the problem. As always, we provide a sentence form as well. In the meat of the lesson, the engagement looks a little bit like a numeracy talk where we have 10 frames showing 30 with three 10 frames that are completely filled with red counters. We ask students, how many do you see? How do you see them? Obviously you see 30 and you see the full 10 frames, but we change the image where we leave the 30 and then add some more. You could think of this as an extension to our numeracy talks, but working with higher numbers. If kids understand that conservation to 10 within a 10 frame, we can now extend that knowledge to see three full 10 frames and another 10 frame with the red counters and two yellow counters so they instantly can see that it's 30 or 30 plus three and plus two. We then extend it further where kids are seeing three full 10 frames and then 10 frames with five red counters and four yellow counters. Can they tell us how many they see? Enter value pack as the character and then clicks together to show the value on their bellies. It is a full 10 frames. It's grouped with 10s, but then the value is really 30. As then, and then I'm really seeing another 10 frame with nine more. So they see the total of 39. I think the visualization of the quantity is really important connection for students to make. And then also relate it back to what they're learning with the actual number form. Seeing 30 plus nine in the digits will create the number 39. We play the game called What Did I Add? The game can be a little bit more complex when you first look at it, but it's a great game to play with kids. Partner A flips a number up with the place value strip and says it's 54. Player B draws a secret number to add to the original number. 
But the catch is the secret num number can either be in tens or ones. So if partner B decides to draw three, they can decide if they want it to be three tens or three ones to add to 54. Then partner A can add that together. So it's 54 plus something equals 84. Partner A has to figure out what was added. It's a great inquiry game for students to play and apply the concept when adding tens and ones. For the extension activity, students get to play with the spinner version of what did I add to practice applying the concepts we learned in the episode. In episode 304, we continue to work with Professor Barbell and proportional bars at the beginning of the show doing part whole subtraction. In later shows, we'll eventually use a non-proportional bar, so this is a springboard to get students to understand the concept. Posing an inquiry-based question to get kids to think differently about how students solve problems is a great way to point their attention towards what we're focusing on in the lesson. In this particular warm-up, we start up with Ming and Keyshawn sharing their answers for 5 plus 34. One student thinks it equals 39, but another student thinks it equals 84. This students make common errors in solving problems. If they stack them up or line them up, the five might be in the tens column. So instead of act, adding five ones, they actually add 50. We want to cut kids to discover the placement and the place value of numbers actually make a difference when you're adding. In this show, we look at different ways that you could add two-digit numbers. Pay, play close attention to our sample problem, 23 plus 45. Students awful, awesome, often will start with the number that begins in the number sentence instead of actually using the number that's more or less. When we're solving these problems, we show it both with place value blocks and place value strips. One student decides to start with 23, adding tens and then ones, where the other student looks at it from this perspective of starting with the larger number. We can see that it's less work to actually add by starting with 45 and then adding two tens and then three ones. We want students to notice the efficiency of these methods and equations and explore what in the same, same or different about them. We also have students look at base 10 of seeing numbers in different ways and discover how they can match the equations. Finally, we do something that's kind of a complicated activity with a drawing where students add two numbers together and have to analyze which equation matches. In this particular problem, they're adding 63 plus 25. What are the different equations that they could make to add this problem? You could do 63 plus 20 equals 83, and then add the rest by taking the 83 and adding five to get 88. This kid helps kids to analyze what they're going to solve in a problem and really helps them to be able to break down the equation. The extension activity for the first grade is to work out adding two digit numbers in a four in a row game. The students will apply their understanding of how to add two digit numbers and apply their learning to see if they can get four in a row with their partner. The second grade show for 303 works on comparing numbers in a number line. In 304, we end up comparing three-digit numbers. The I can statement is I can locate, represent, and compare three-digit numbers in the number line. And then for our other show, it's I can use place value to compare three-digit numbers. In episode 303 for students in second grade, we're working specifically on helping students understand model drawings or visual models with Professor Barbell. At the beginning, we're not necessarily solving a problem, but we have a picture of Professor Barbell with the word problem already drawn out in his visual model, and we want students to guess what the word problem would be that would go with the visual model. 
I can't stress enough the importance of having kids having lots of fluid practice with this. Yes, everyone can break down a story problem, but they can look at the drawing and create a story on what it's based on. If they can do that, that's even better. For the warm-up, we do several missing add-in problems where students have to look at Professor Bob Barbel and really have his visual model and then come up with the visual model. For students who haven't used visual models, it's really an important introduction to help them understand why visual models are important. Our I can statement is we can locate and represent and compare three-digit numbers on a number line. We're going to be looking at place value. We oftentimes just look at the hundreds, the tens, and the ones but kids are gonna use the number lines for so many other things like fractions and high level concepts that we wanna be sure to include number lines for place value. We have three different number lines in the opening activity to get kids interested. There's the number line that's written from zero to 10, another one that ends at 100, and another one that ends at 1,000. All of the numbers are the same length and the tick marks match up, but really the values of those depends on the number of the total at the end of the number line. We ask students the inquiry-based questions of what do you notice, what do you wonder about the number line to see if you can locate the number three, the number 30, and even the number 300. To do that, you have to look and analyze each of the number lines to see the tick marks to figure out what they're actually worth. The first number line or tick mark is worth one. The second number line, the tick marks are actually each worth 10 and on the third number line as you can imagine they're each worth a hundred we end up showing by comparing the numbers we want to be able to look at them differently and be able to locate the points one of the number lines might start at 620 and end at 630 so students have to understand it's going up by ones and have to try to figure out how to locate numbers on the number line we end the show with comparing numbers. We build them with base 10 blocks, pop them on the number lines, so kids can see the two pieces together. When using the number line to compare 371 and 317, we can gauge which number is greater by looking down the number line. Number lines that are to the right are higher numbers. This is a further step that we can use with using base 10 blocks like we have in the past. So we have several different examples where students can, are going to be able to do that. In the extension activity, students will plot and compare three-digit numbers so they can apply what they've learned in the show. In episode 304, the word problems for Professor Barbell are similar to the previous episodes with the drawings presented to see if kids can come up with the word problem actually said. This time we're focusing though on additive comparisons, trying to see if they can make sense of what these types of word problems are asking. This is quite tricky for students because they often don't understand the algebraic X is the same value. Even though the lines might be longer than the others, students might not realize that the X represents the constant value in the additive comparison. We continue our learning on place value in episode, the next episode where we can have the I can statement that I can use place value to compare three digit numbers. We have two people who have the quantity of base 10 blocks. We're trying to decide who has more and how do you know? We want students to look at the quantity of the base, base 10 blocks to really be able to see if they're who has more and break down each number. We might start looking at the hundred, then the tens, and then the ones. Oftentimes kids look at the quantity over the value. So if they see the hundred blocks, maybe two 10 blocks, or if they see like 200 blocks, two 10 blocks, and we see some ones, versus if they saw just 100 blocks, four 10s, and a variety of you know ones, kids instantly think the number that has the hundreds is larger.
This really helps kids to kind of consider renaming the numbers in different ways. And it's okay, it's not okay just to look at the quantity, especially just the 100 block, because in this case, there might be 10, 10 blocks. So kids need to maybe look closely at the numbers before they make a decision on comparing them. We also use place value disc to address this concept, looking at the non-proportional way, which is important in second grade. As we go across, when we look at the hundreds in the same disc, there might be tens in the same place, but the ones are different, so we can break down those numbers a different way. Of course, we use value pack along the way to help us understand how we're looking at the values of numbers. As an extension, students are going to play a comparison game with value pack where they build different numbers. In episode 303 and 304 for third grade, we start off with episode 303 where Professor Barbel presents a visual model for students to try to guess. The warm-ups will be on the, these topics in the next segments of the show, so it's really important to help kids get their feet wet with the visual models. These problems in the warm-up for third grade are also focused on multiplication visual models. Professor Barbo will have his drawing in his starting line and looking at a diamond collection in bags with seven diamonds in each. We can see, asking students, can they construct a word problem and make that picture. We give them a couple of opportunities here to get the language of what the problems could look at. The I can statement here is I can divide with large numbers within a story problem. Anytime you set a scene for a word problem for students, whether it's in a small video or even a picture, it really helps students to understand it. This one starts off with Maria's class splitting up into groups to go on a field trip to an aquarium. What do you notice and what do you wonder? Have you been to an aquarium before? Some of the things that we're thinking about might be, I hear they're splitting into small groups. I wonder how many kids are in each group. So we pose the question that there's 48 kids going on a field trip to the aquarium and they have to be put into four groups. So how many groups are there? We end up being able to integrate the step-by-step -step model visual model process with Professor Barbo by doing the idea and the topic. Even though we're just in the introductory part of word problems with our show, it really fit nicely for students to go through the steps of the story problem and for them to get the idea of dividing. We ended up having 48 students and there would be 12 in each group. We use place value disks to help students to use the strategy of multiplying up to find out how many groups of four are there in 48. We start off with the idea with at least five groups of four could be in 48, which gives us 20. We wanna build up from there to get to our target number of 48. So we put another five groups of four, which gets us to 20. Now we're to 40. Wait a minute, we only need one more group of two more groups of four. So we can add that in to get that, that part by creating the number of four. You know, two groups of four is going to give us eight, which gives us our target number of 48. Then it's easy to see how many groups we added. There were 12 groups of four in our target number 48. We originally want to focus on the three different ways to divide, but obviously we didn't have enough time. Shows sometimes get cut short, and that's a big take home for this show, is that we can't really use the place value disks to show the fair shares and division. Also, we want students to understand the strategy of multiplying up. 
In order to do division word problems and extension activities, we gave students a journal that's similar to the one we used in the show. We want them to use the step-by-step -step process that we used to help them apply the problem. In episode 304, we're using visual models with Professor Barbel, who already has the problem again set up, but we want students to guess what the word problem is. We're doing a little bit of multiplication and division to help students pick out those parts. Our I can statement as I can make sense of representations of division. We have blocks to show how someone's already solved the problem. So I can see three equal groups built with base 10 blocks. In each of those groups, I see 13. The key here is that you can tell students it's a division problem and you want to see how they separate it. So seeing the end result, how did they get there? This gets kids to look at the total and see how there's 39 altogether and how it was divided into three equal groups. It's the opposite of how we look at it, just in a different way. Now we start to practice 55 divided by 5 with base 10 blocks where students can actually see 55 base 10 blocks and are asked how could we really go about dividing these. Obviously we can do fair shares like the kids are doing, like, like the kids are used to seeing being done. And we can even extend that knowledge as we start to look at 65 divided by five by doing fair shares. In this show, we want students to, to connect how breaking blocks apart but that eventually doing fair shares is almost inefficient. We even want to take the 100 block and divide it into five, where kids can figure out that you can take a 100 block, which is 10 tens, and still be able to divide it. But then when we start to realize that we're doing something like 90 divided by 15, this becomes less efficient. It's not like I'm gonna break apart all those tens into groups of 10 and five, and then continue doing this. This is why we want students to really focus on the idea of multiplying up. We have a target number of 90. We're trying to figure out how many groups of 15 in, are in 90. Students that don't have their multiplication facts will also be able to use this strategy as an anchor to lower numbers. Do you know what 15 plus 15 is? Well, I know that I can do two groups of 15, which is 30. Another two groups of 15 is 30. I'm at 60. I'm trying to get to 90. So I need another two groups of 15 to get to 30. So when I add it up, Two groups, two groups, and two groups. I know I have six groups of 15 to get to my 19. We want students to explore the idea to represent division. So the problems that we have will really work well with fair shares. But as third graders, when it starts to multiplying up, it's a great strategy for them to use. Not every book we see uses this particular strategy, but I really find it beneficial for students to understand the concept of multiplying up because oftentimes kids go into the traditional algorithm and are taught that really quickly and don't really fully understand the concept. We hope that you enjoy this episode of 303 and 304 where we have eight great shows that you can use on the go in your classroom with parents or even your own students. Thanks so much for joining us.